Yo, Cardinal Cast. I'm doing this intro from beautiful Victoria, British Columbia. Um, hope you guys are having a great day. Um, fair warning: this episode will make you shit your pants. Not because of me, but because of our guest, Zach Bud, um, Zachy Boy LDN on Twitter. Show him some love. I'm not just saying this. I honestly think this is going to be one of the best podcasts you listen to all year, and you'll see why in about a minute. Um, our friend Zach has been to prison three different times uh, while he was a child. Um, he's had some crazy stories that you're going to listen to. Absolutely unreal. Um, I really took a backseat for this one. Um, I talk maybe 5% of the time. My goal was just to sort of ask the right questions to get some good answers, and we did get some good answers. So really, really hope you enjoy this one. Again, show him some love on Twitter and send me feedback. Let me know what you thought. Cardinal Cast, how's everyone doing? Okay, this episode, holy shit, dude. I'm, I've been, we've been working on getting this this done for a while now. Um, we've been talking back and forth. Um, I've followed you on Twitter. I know you're in Cashflow Syndicate. You've been a killer there. And this is this is my boy Zach. Um, what's your what's your Twitter again, brother? Zach, Zachy LDN. Zachy boy, Zachy boy LDN, London. This guy's got a hell of a story. Um, from uh, you know, I, I won't I won't say too much because I want you to go into it. But um, it, you've you've had some killer content on Twitter about like talking about lessons you've learned from the inside. Um, and now you you are a, a very successful guy, um, kind of as a newcomer to I guess money Twitter if you want to call it. I wouldn't even put you in the money Twitter cal- uh, category. I think you're kind of yeah. It's you're weird, fuck it. I don't know. It's a new one. I don't see many people talk about what I talk about on Twitter. So yeah, man. So so let's get let's get right in, man. How like give us a brief overview of of what your life has looked like over the last like 10 years or so and and you know kind of what's happened since then well jesus over the past well 10 years ago i was 15 so i just got out of prison for the first time and then i had a three-month holiday and then i went straight back in i went to prison in turkey for six months i got out of that eventually (laughs) came back to the uk and then when i was 17 i caught a 15-year bank robbery charge I ended up doing five years on that of a 15-year sentence. And since I was about 21, I've been working some dead-end, you know, fucking dead-end ex-con jobs, you know what I mean? Driving fucking forklifts and shoveling shit and concrete. And when I was like, I think 23, I think that's two years now, I was like, fuck this. Found money Twitter. I started reselling phones from a guy I'm out on Twitter. And he was like, yeah, man, yeah, you can make like way more than your wage, like weekly selling phones. So I started doing that and then eventually started doing proper online money. You know what I mean? Like I freed myself from my job and now it's time to, you know, make actual money, not run around with a phone like I'm a fucking drug dealer. <laughs> uh, so I started doing drop shipping, did a bit, did a bit of stuff with drop shipping, and then you know how drop shipping goes. It's like oh, it's all fun and games until your first fucking product sucks and you're losing faith in it. You're spending thousands and thousands, and it's just not going right. So I needed to find something more solid, which is marketing basically. More specifically, Google and Facebook ads. So now you got an agency. Yeah. Okay, dude. That's that's a great sort of look at um, kind of what's happened because I, I want people to have a bit of background. Um, you talk a lot about your experience in prison, your experience kind of like, I don't know what you're doing, running around with, with some interesting people. Um, how did you Stay grow up, bro? You're from, you're from the UK. How did you grow yeah. up? How did this? How did this all I'm kind of come? From, 
I'm from uh, South London, more specifically a place called Tulse Hill in Brixton, which it has a little bit of a reputation as a bit of a gang control poor area. Mostly immigrants, like mostly like Afro-Caribbean, African, you know, just African immigrants, basically. I was like a white Russian kid from a big white Russian family. We're living in a two bedroom apartment in a tower block. I've got five brothers and three sisters. Um, my dad went to prison, I think three months after I was born, three, four months after I was born, and he got a 25 year sentence. And then he came out and whatever, he was just in and out. My mum raised us, she was a lovely woman. My sisters are completely straight, they're fine. I had their heads screwed on and shit. They were sharing like uh, a bedroom with my mum, all four of them crammed in some fucking bullshit room. Then there was me and my six, me and my five brothers, six including me, and that was just fucking anarchy, as you can imagine. Do you know what I mean? Like three mattresses on the floor, fucking, we've got all different ages, shapes and sizes, fighting all the time. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a fun childhood. Like it was poor, but it was fun. You know, it was just, it was just wild. Like mum made sure we had dinner on the table. Like we kept, we were priority, but you know, we, as as it goes, just keep fucking up. You know what I mean? So I need more, more of a role model. And so going to school, didn't really like school, you know, and then you sort of fall into that. You know what I mean? Like you just fall into it. Crime, drugs, all that good stuff. You know, all the stuff you see about in the films. I started off young, like now, nah, yeah, like it's true, like you do, you do. And I mean, I enjoyed school, but you know, I enjoyed, you know, breaking people's windows more, I suppose you could say. And because obviously there's no one there to tell you what to do, didn't really know much different. And all my brothers were doing the same thing. And you know, at this time, I think my eldest brother, my two older brothers were already in jail. And it sort of followed suit. So, you, yeah, your first entry into that sort of world was through your brothers, then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My older brothers, definitely. Nine kids is fucking insane. Yeah, it was it, fucked. Was so <laughs> when I think about like, because I have one brother, and like we both spent like a lot of time kind of in the house. Like we were pretty safe kids. We didn't really do too much crazy shit. Um, did you kind of feel like, especially in that part of London or uh, part of the UK, were you like kind of in your own little world with your, like with your siblings? Yes. Yeah. Because like we, we, were, we were always together, right? We always came, we always came as a pair or a trio or whatnot. Like if I was going out, my brother would follow me, my younger brother or go follow my older brother. And we go do shit and we hang out with their friends and smoke weed and they're like, oh, haven't you got school tomorrow? Here's a beer. You going to school tomorrow? You know, be a good boy. Say no. Like, no, no, I'm not going to school. Fuck that. Fuck school. You know what I mean? And then like, you, you, you sort of, you, you just, yeah, yeah. You feel, you feel indestructible because you've got so many people around you. All the other kids on the estate are doing the same thing. You know, you know, only fucking dorks and weirdos go to school. And like, I actually like learning. Like, believe it or not, I actually quite fucking like reading books and shit. But it wasn't cool, was it? You know, it wasn't fucking gangster. So I sort of fucking knocked that on the head and. You know, started following people, to like, you know, sort of breaking into houses, like smashing car windows and stuff. And I was like eight, nine years old. And I was hanging out with people that were like fucking 16. Like my oldest brother was 16, 17 at the time. So, yeah, it was my own little world. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't really been punished for anything I'd done up until that point. You know, no one told me what to do. No one told me when to go to bed. You know what I mean? It wasn't much of a structure. It was just 
food's on the table at this time. Do whatever you want. Right. Right. So, um, well, like, was it, so it was just fun for you then? Cause I, I I'm kind of trying to trace back the steps of like your entrepreneurship that you have now, where you're obviously like doing really well with the agency and you've had some success with yeah, other yeah. like types of reselling well, businesses or arbitrage. I'd say, I'd say, I'd say in, certainly independence. Like if something's going to be done, I have to do it myself. No one's doing anything for me. Dinner's on the table. That's it. You know what I mean? Right. If I have a problem, I have to go and sort it out myself. I'm not saying that as in I've got to beat someone up. I've got, you know what I mean? Any problem I have with an adult, any issue I have at school, anything like that. No, if I didn't give a fuck, no one did. So it's just independence. And like, you know, my ability to deal with sort of like the stress as a young person, single things I did see at such a young age and dealing with it and like compartmentalizing it myself and still, you know, still functioning as like a normal human being, basically. Right. Like, you know, it's just, it's just, I felt like I was, I was, I was with my brothers and things, but you know, you, you're on your own, you do your own thing. You know, you learn your lessons through like, it's hard to describe. No one, you know, no one's telling you off. No one's telling you what to do. Oh, yeah. You know, all the, you know, you're not getting protected. So you learn very quickly, like every action has a consequence. If you want something to do right, you've got to do it yourself. And no one can tell, you know, no one can tell me shit. Something I was doing, you know, I had no help doing. You know, it's just, it's just raw independence, basically. That certainly followed me through, like, my entire life. You know what I mean? Thinking for myself. So you said the first time you uh, got locked up, you were, you said 15? Or that's when you got out? 14. I was, yeah, 14. 14. And what was yeah. that? That was fucking horrible. I got a life sentence when I was 14. Very quickly spiraled out of control. So you went from uh, life sentence to serving a year? Yeah, I got exonerated. How'd that happen? I got convicted in, I got convicted in the joint venture. Well, basically, two lads in my state um, were found guilty of murdering a taxi driver and setting him on fire after, after they shot him. And these guys were like, fucking hell, 17, 18, I think. And they threw a bunch of our names in the hat. You know, the police got them in separate... Uh, interrogation cells, one in one story, one in the other story, who else is involved, you know, uh, if you give us some names, blah, 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 blah. So they're basically just throwing all these fucking names into a hat, right? And at this point, the police had no patience for us. We were, we, were, we, were, we were going back and forth to court for bullshit things like breaking entry, things like that. And, you know, like a dog, if a dog keeps pissing on the carpet, you know, you keep pissing on that judge's carpet, eventually something comes up and they're going to go, right, yeah, no, guilty. Slam them, remand them. Bang. And so... Uh, my flat got raided by armed police at like three in the morning. I got taken to Suffolk police station. And then after two or three days of questioning, literally had no idea what they're talking about. I didn't at the time. I had no idea anything even happened. And uh, instead of being sent back home on bail, I was remanded into a young offenders prison. And my lawyer was saying I was looking at around 50, 47 to life. And the prosecution were pretty, you know, pretty convinced that was going to be my sentence because I was going to be a natural life or 47 to life, you know, high numbers, just get them off the street, you know, make an example. Right. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened to me if I was a completely innocent person. Right. But fucking hell, you know what I mean? First degree murder. Yeah. So, shot, so shot the 
it, it was more of like a Rico type thing where you weren't directly involved, but you were affiliated. No, that kind no of yeah, I, I was affiliated with them, yeah. But right. my our name's being brought up like, oh, who, who did you do it with? Who knows about it? You know, who's covering up for you? And they, they dropped like, what, six, seven names? All fucked. All of us got arrested. Oh, so you got snitched. Basically, I got, I got, I got snitched for something I didn't do. Some, some guy's trying to get a lesser sentence. You know right. what I mean? He's, only, he's shitting himself. He's going, oh, fuck. What am I going to do here? Right, let's throw some, you know, let's throw some kids' names in. I know this kid. I know where he lives. Oh, he fucking, you know, he stole a car the other day. Like, do you know what I mean? Right. So fucking snitching on a 14-year-old kid is, is pretty special, bro. That's got to be. Right. Yeah. You're definitely an awful really guy if you're snitching on a 14-year-old kid. Bro, and like, you know, the... The local, the local police service, the Crown Court, they, they knew. They, you know, they knew about the criminal activity and they had some names. You know, they had some ideas. But they just wanted a conviction. You know, they're after the conviction. They're not really after a, you know, fucking, the, the perfect case. The person that actually did it. You know, they're just after conviction. Quick, bang. This has been solved. You know, white man's been shot and set on fire. You know, I'm a white guy, but I was hanging out with mostly black kids. Right. Now, that was my little fucking gang. That was my little posse. And so I, you know, I fell into that hat and they fucking slammed us all. So you're 14 years yeah, old. that was pretty good. You're yeah. sitting there, you get sentenced to life. Like yeah. at that point, like, did you understand like what was even going on? Like, did you have uh, confidence that you were going to get out or were you like, fuck, like, this is it? I was crying, bro. I thought I, I didn't, I, I didn't even know you could get off charges. Do you know what I mean? I'd seen films and someone gets... Oh, sentence him to death, and then he just gets injected with a fucking thing. Like, I, I, I had no idea about you know recourse or anything like that. You know, I thought, fuck, life, you know, life in prison. Fuck, I was crying. Fucking, my mum was like screaming and fainting in the fucking witness stand and shit. Not witness stand, the docks. I was like, oh fuck. Like, I, I remember crying and like sort of not blacking out, but it's quite hard to remember what happened right afterwards. I remember being put in the cells just after my sentencing, waiting for the prison bus to come and collect me. It, yeah, bro, rough. But I can't really describe it. Like, it's really hard, really hard to describe. But there was no, oh, what's going on? You know, what, what's going to happen? Am I going to see my mum again? I knew, you know what I mean? I knew, I was like, fuck, this is it. And I, I was almost convinced that I was involved. I was like, how, you know, how have they, how, you know, how have they pieced together? Like, have I actually been involved in this? You know, have I, have I said anything? Have I you know, trying to rack my brain? I hadn't. Hence, hence why I was fully exonerated. Right. But, you know, right. You, don't, you know, you don't know that. You had a kid at the time, yeah. not like you had a kid really. Yeah. Nearly turning two years old. Yeah. So you were 14. He was two, which is crazy. Yeah. Two years, yeah. I, so think, you, I think he might have been one and a half. And so like at that point, were you like, cool with uh with mom i like, don't want to yeah 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 yeah. she's like the love of my life mate i still love her to bits right never yeah, had a bad i never yeah. had any issues with her but um i sort of i, I to be honest like, i fucked my kid up i was like look i don't you know i don't really care about the kid now i'm sort of focused on myself you know doing a fucking life sentence right you know i mean i was young yeah. you know it's i was i, was, I felt like, i feel like i wasn't even adolescent at that point I was still a fucking child. Oh, 100%. I could, you know, I couldn't really... I think about my son, and it, it really wasn't on the forefront of my mind. Like, you'd think, oh, fuck my family, but, you know, 
Jesus Christ, I'm going to die in prison. That, that was on my mind. That was on my mind until I got released. Yeah. I, I definitely want to touch on that a little bit later. Um, but um, I, I, I'm so curious. Like, you basically get tried as an adult. Did, like, did you go to juvie mm-hmm. or did you go to, like, were you chilling with, like, adults in that year? That no, 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 no. I went to, uh, I went to Young Offenders Prison. There's okay. a prison called Feltham. It's in London. It, I, it's, probably, it's probably one of the biggest Young Offenders prisons in the UK. It's, probably, it's mostly where, like, if you have friends in London and you all go to prison, you're all probably going to end up there. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, people like fucking Diggity and all that sort of shit. Yeah, they've all went through Feltham. All those London rappers and shit you see, all they've all they've all been there. It's the one place, like you know, if you're a G in London, you've probably been to fucking Felton at one point. So yeah, for like it was from like 13 to 18 years old. And so inside, like, is it actual? Like, are, well, okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out like when you're a kid, right? 14, and you go to prison. Like, are, are these kids still like tough, or are they like? Just kids that are in. Yeah, nah, some of these, some of these kids are men. You know, like when you like say you see some kid, they're really good at sports. They like American football or some shit, right? And you see some freak at high school, like that guy's a man. You know what I mean? He's a fucking man. He's not a fucking seventeen-year-old kid. He's a man, fucking six foot five, and he's running fucking hundred meters in eleven seconds. That's a man, not a kid. You get guys like that in there. You know, guys that have been doing it or they would have been in prison five years, been working out every fucking day. You know, everyone is full of testosterone because you just spend your time around other guys. You get some real big fucking mentally like messed up kids. You know what I mean? Like a majority of the kids in there were physically abused and things. And if you even like, you know, you give, give them the wrong look or you look inside their cell and stuff, you're, you're going to get, what's your fucking problem? You're going to stand up and fight someone. That's how these kids were raised. You know what I mean? They haven't, they've got no adult brain. It's all just been poverty, drugs, violence. No parents or you know, their parents cut them or some shit. Like they're just volatile. It's the best way to describe it. And you don't, you don't see instances of people talking each other down. You know, the fucking kids. You know, no one got in the middle. He's just I'm not getting in the fucking middle of that. I'm, I want to get stabbed. Right. So there's no reason, you know I mean? like with, with mm-hmm. like adults. Like it's just like no. It's just, you just get you know fucking. It's yeah, just you, you, people just collapse with it, and they're sort of solidifying the first steps of their criminal like career. So it's like, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, I'm the toughest. I'm the baddest. When you go to adult prison, half the guys are like, I can't really fuck with it anymore. You know what I mean? I just want to go home. I want to see my wife. You know? But when you're young, it's like, you know, I'm getting out one day. You know, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to be the biggest, baddest boy on the wing. So they're more violent. They are, they're far more violent than adult prisons, believe it or not. That's, Way more violent. That's super interesting. Mm. So, so you get out of 15. And what, what happened after that? Well, I got out, hadn't changed a bit. You know, I was, I was basically toughened by it, right? I was a bit harder, got in a ton of fights. Thought, yeah, you know what, I can handle myself. And all these people, oh, he's just got out of prison. You know what I mean? He's got out of prison. I had a little bit of a reputation. Oh, he's got out of prison. I heard he fucking murdered someone. Obviously, I didn't. But, you know, when you don't know me that well, you won't know the full fucking story. Right. And it's like, oh, he's fucking killed someone. You know, he's, he's a bad guy. So I started hanging out with guys I've met in prison. And my friendship group, like, changed and so you know i had you know i was a bit more daring you know had nothing to really go for couldn't really go back to school it's sort of like oh you know I'm, I'm a criminal now you know this is me this is my life this is my lot i've already been to prison won't be able to get a job won't be able to fucking get anything you know what i mean i didn't think i'd even be able to leave the uk so i was like fuck it i'm going to continue doing what i'm doing 
you know, with people that knew what they were doing. Right. So you, did you feel like you gained any sort of respect after that? Like where people just didn't fuck yeah. with you? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I just, I just speak in a completely different way than I do now. It was, it was just a consistent shouting tone. And it's like, I used to stare at people. I used to really fucking puff my chest out. So I was, I was a tall kid. I was like six foot three at this point. I wasn't quite as tall as I am now, but you know, I was a relatively sizable guy. And people didn't want to fuck with me. And then I made, I made a point of, if they did fuck with me, then you know, they just, I just attacked them out of nowhere. I didn't really care who was watching because that was what, that's all I've been doing for the past year. Right. Was, you know, I was just pissed off. I was just, you know, I was just a pissed off kid. And emphasis on the word kid. I wasn't a man. I was a fucking kid. Right. That's what happens. You get institutionalized. It's prison too young. It's ridiculous sending people to prison that young. It fucks with their heads. And it fucked with my head massively. It took me quite a while to get out of that mind. Well, it took me until I was fucking well, seven years later to get out of that mindset. But yeah, that, yeah that's, what, that's what it did. Do you think there's something that, uh, like, because you, you talk about being institutionalized, and that's a big thing in America, because I've, I've read some stats where it's like the, the states, uh, has like the biggest or the the, the highest um prisoner per capita like in the world and so that's like that's culture. <laughs> right so like do you think that there's something that they could have done or anyone could have done to like sort of change the trajectory of someone who like kind of ends up in your position i don't know social care but then again you know social care is just like it is over there you know kids get out of social care all fucked up aren't they like majority of them, it's like they get touched or some shit. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's the parents. Like if you, if you, if the state looks after you, you, you've got that stigma. Like you know, you belong to the state. You're a bit of a fucking, you know. I don't know. I don't know how you fucking try and rehabilitate like a child. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. nature nurture. I don't really know how you're gonna fucking get in there so quick. It's just a shame on the parents, really. Oh, for it's sure. Like, you know what I mean? It's real. It's, um, I'm not trying to pass the blame of anything you've done, but it is the parents. You don't get kids from fucking, I don't know, living in fucking Bel Air, going out and stealing fucking cars and being like, you know, they'd have to do it on their own fucking volition. There's no way they were raised that way. Right. I just education, think. Like, I Sorry, go ahead. I don't know. Maybe education. I mean, the education in this country, like, I used to think it was pretty good, but. I went to jail and no one could really read or write, believe it or not. Like, you know, first world country, you think, you know, guys would be all right. But I was teaching people how to fucking read. Sit there reading nursery books. <laughs> like reading the cat in the hat, like the cat in the hat. I'm like, the cat in the hat, you fucking idiot. It's going to be another fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, fine. Oh, God, it was painful. It was painful. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's, I think the closer eyes need to be put on the parents. Like they got kids, you need social workers need to come in and fucking look into that house and see what's going on. You know, kids are coming to school with bruises at their arms and shit. And you're like, oh, he fell on the stairs for the seventh time this month. Teacher's like, oh, yeah, we should really look into that. And then just leaves it. Right. And the next thing you know, that kid's, that kid's like attacked someone with a fucking paving stone. It's like, told you. Told you he's going to snap out and do something weird. Exactly. I don't know. I have literally no idea of how we'd even get to these people. Like, in young offenders prison they have opportunities to like you know learn and garden and fucking do some lessons and stuff but who who the fuck wants to do that you get beaten up for doing shit like that 
you know, you get attacked. No one wants to get attacked. You know, you want to be the bully rather than the bullied, sad as it sounds. No, you know, of course. It's just, it's an environment. It's a fucking lion's den. And believe me, kids go in there for the fucking six weeks for shoplifting and they'll come out like a fucking animal. It's, yeah, so I just, I, it rests with parents, mate. Don't have kids unless you're fucking ready. I wasn't ready. And luckily, I, I wasn't one raising my son at the time. So he's actually turned out all right. Yeah, you, you have some funny stories about him. Um, yeah, and I, I think like <laughs> there's, a, there's a spectrum, right, of what a man today kind of is, where it's like on this end, you have the fucking software developer who's like never put on a pound of muscle in his life and has never mm-hmm. been in conflict and is like completely blind to like an entire section of the world not necessarily prison, but like just violence in general. I think being exposed to violence is like something that everyone should kind of see, especially if you're a man, a young man. Um, but yeah. on the other end where it's like you're overexposed and then you're, you know, it ends up getting you in shit. But I think like the reality of the world, like, bro, if something happens naturally, like if there are kids that um, are, prone to violence that is a natural thing um that Mm -hmm. that just exists in the world and i think like there's there's certain there's a certain threshold where like some violence is okay like dude like i i was never like a big fighter um but like dude everyone gets fucking bullied in school like everyone Mm -hmm. like everyone's exposed to that um and then if you're not you kind of grow up in this like dream world where like everything's fucking amazing. Your, your view of the world is much different yeah. from everyone else's. Do you, do you think that there's some benefit to knowing what other men are capable of? Fucking absolutely. That's, it's 100%, I 100% agree with you. Like it's, it's also like knowing what people are capable of, I mean, people are capable of fucking anything. I mean, you know, people going to school with fucking guns and shit, but that's, that's an extreme example, but. Like, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be disappointed. I'd be more proud if my son, you know, got into a few fights at school or whatnot. You know, I'd be like, all right, fine. You know, he's, he's taken a few punches. He's lost. I'm not fucking pissed off at him for losing. But, you know, he's taken a fucking smack in the face. And it's going to make him think twice if he, was, if he was the one causing it. Do you know what I mean? He's going to understand. He's going, oh, you know, I can get hit in the face. I'm not indestructible. You know, how do I better defend myself? You know, well, you know, go to the boxing gym. Play a contact sport. Play rugby. Play fucking football. Because even, even some of those guys that have never been in a fucking boxing gym in their life, they can fight. I mean, they're, they're more comfortable with physical confrontation than, you know, say the guy that plays the fucking bassoon and writes poetry all day. You know right. what I mean? It's, 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 I, I, I agree with exposure in, like, not going, into, not going into town and looking for a fucking fight. But I am certainly agree with the boys will be boys, you know, play some contact sports. Don't bully people, but be prepared to stand up for yourself because... You stop standing up for yourself, then your self-esteem is probably going to fucking, you know, barrel down, and you're going to turn into some fucking weirdo. You know, there's a lot of weirdos that wish they could fight and wish they could stand up for themselves, but just can't, and then it just ruins their entire life. They just become a yes man or some, you know, some bitch, for lack of a better word. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, most of the hierarchy that exists in the world is like under the threat of implied violence. This is something that Jordan Peterson talks about all the time. Um, and this is like really one of the only things that when he talks about this, I actually listen because I think this is important for people to know. When you think about like 
how the hierarchy of the world works, whether it's like government to citizen or fucking boss to employee. Like there's always some underlying threat in like everything you say. And if you're going to yeah. consider yourself uh, like a powerful guy, there has to be some sort of line where it's like, for example, for you, like you have more power over most other people because you are more comfortable with violence. And there's a certain line that people cannot cross. So if someone says something to you that you don't like, people aren't going to cross that line because they know what you're capable of and they don't want to fucking lose their life. So I think to some degree that's important. I think I think more of like a capability of violence rather than like, you know, I'd attack someone for saying something, whatever. It's just nice for someone to keep in their mind that like, yeah, I'm like fine. I'll try not to react. But when, you know, when you go over the threshold, like, you know, I'll, you, you will just be attacked. But it's, you know, it's a big threshold. It's got the capability, but it's not like I'm, someone says a little thing, I'm going to fucking outburst and attack them. It's just a good thing to keep in the back of your mind what someone's capable of. You know, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like, obviously, for example, in jail, it's everyone is capable of violence. Everybody's capable of doing some fucking right, horrible shit, right? Because that's what they're in there for. Or supposedly in there for. And just treat you know just I, I would just say it falls on the lines of people will respect anyone because you don't know who what who like what anyone is capable of like people know what i'm capable of so i've seen it in the fucking news do you know what i mean like, I've, I've, I've spoken about it right, right. That's, that's not to say the random guy on the street isn't capable do you know what i mean i've had my ass kicked by people a fucking foot shorter than me there's <laughs> a lot of you know they're a better fucking street fight i've had my ass kicked by people i thought oh that guy i, I can believe that guy and he's just fucking headbutted me and not not be clean out do you know what i mean Right. You've got to respect right. everyone. You've got to respect everyone. And you've got to you've got you've got to sort of have in the back of your head that anyone can really do anything. You know, I've seen I've seen, I've been I've been on nights out and some small guys just picked up a bottle and just opened some guy's face up for no reason, just bumping into him. So you know, you've got to watch these people. You like so you've 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 got to you've got to train, you know what I mean? You've got to be you've got to be comfortable like with yourself. I think you're less likely to cause violence because you're worried about what you're gonna to do to someone else. But on the flip side, you know what other people are capable of. It's more peaceful if everyone knows how to fucking rip each other's heads off. You know what I mean? In exactly. a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I like, yeah, I don't mean necessarily that if someone says the wrong thing, you're going to fuck them up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there's like, that's what I mean by like the implied threat, where it's like you never mm -hmm. actually know what the line is. Like everyone has. No. It. Right. So, um, so dude, what happened in Turkey? How did that happen? Oh, well, um, me and my friend Freezy, my best friend, his name's Leon, but my nickname for him is Freezy. He's fucking terrible with women and he always freezes up, so he's kind of calling Freezy all the time. <laughs> I didn't like it and they just stuck. So he said, we just called him fucking Freezy. He's like, why do you call the black Freezy? It's like, he fucking sucks with women, mate. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so my mum basically won this fucking holiday to Turkey. And she's going to take me and one friend. And so I just got out of jail. All my, all my brothers were like, oh, no, take me. Sisters were like, oh, take us, take us. You know, we're girls. Go on a lie on the beach and shit. Mum was like, I'm going to take Zach. He's just literally finished, like, 16 months in prison. Like, I'm going to take him. But, you know, he's a bit he's a bit down in the dumps. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to take a friend, take a friend. So I took Freezy. And we were fucking like, that's going to be great. It's going to be great. And um, Freezy had met this guy. Because Freezy went to prison as well. Freezy had met this guy who was a big fucking heroin dealer. From a big heroin dealing family, this horrible fucking Turkish family, you know, because the Turks run all the fucking drugs in like in like the UK basically. They're all fucking drug smugglers or that shit. 
But Freezy, stupidly enough, tells me, he goes, bring some drugs over to Turkey, make some money. I was like, you sure? And he goes, yeah, mate. Like, you know, I've never been on a plane. I didn't even know what airports were like. I was like, fuck it, yeah. Go on, then. We'll make, we'll make, how much money are we going to make? Oh, we're going to make a thousand pounds. Fucking yeah. We don't even fucking tell me, mate. Put it in the luggage. So we're flying away, and mum's like, oh, really happy, excited to bring us out. And like, this is, it kind of makes me want to cry, this fucking story, because it's so bad. Like, that was so bad. So we arrived at the airport, and we didn't, our, our shit went through the baggage. We're like, yeah, it's going great. You know, one of these machines stepped through, didn't beep, sound, fucking get on our, get on our fucking EasyJet plane. So flew to Turkey, land at the airport. People come on the, people come on the plane, right? And we're sat there like, oh, look, it's fucking Turkish police on the plane. Must be living so on. They're looking for us. We got handcuffed and taken off the plane. We got taken into this fucking featureless room. My mum was already crying. She's like, what the fuck have they done now? You know what I mean? Bit of stress, bit of worry. Be a freeze, you're like, oh, God. Like, this is, this is bad. Like, this is really bad. There's, like, these scary Turkish women. And there's, like, this hairy hands. Like, big fucking gorilla hands grabbing you, right? I can remember, like, specifically his furriness all over the room. Furry guy. And we sat there getting interrogated. And I was like, mate, just tell him, like, I'm not sitting in here. And he's like, right, so Freezy had brought over a lot of heroin on the plane. And it's probably only about like a half ounce of heroin. But, you know, it's heroin and it's turkey. And we're going to get fucked. And we didn't even know who we were going to meet in Turkey. Right? We, we, we were given an address and we didn't even remember the address. And, yeah, fuck. And so without even going to court, we were taken to this local jail. We were interrogated some more for about five, six days, living in this like weird tiled room with this hole in the floor. We had the shit and stuff, which is obviously quite bleak. So I was 15, freezes like, what's going to happen to us? Like, we're probably going to go back to prison, mate. Like, we'll get, we're going to get a plane back to London. You know, we're going to go to jail and, you know, it sucks, but it is what it is. No, we got, we got, we got taken to this prison called Diakabir, which is just like... Uh, it's sort of like high security prison, but anyway, it seemed like it was for anyone up to the ages of eight to fucking like 85. It was just this human farm, like a battery farm for people. And we got stripped naked and we literally had to walk through the jail completely fucking naked with nothing. We got dropped off in this cell, this horrible, sweaty bastard cell, completely dark. And at this point, we're like close to tears. We're like this, you know, this is, this is just... This is, this is surreal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it shocked the entire way from the fucking plane for the next, like, two weeks before we'd arrived at this jail. And basically, we went to this massive room, stank. We could hear, like, people whispering and shit, pitch black. We were able to lie down, better sit down or whatever, and we were just sitting on all these fucking, like, logs and shit. It weren't logs, it was legs. Like, living and breathing people all over the fucking floor. And there was one space. There was one space for me to fucking lie, and it was on top of Freezy in this room, right? We were packed in a room, and for like probably 10 people, about 40 of us, I had like one toilet, like vomit everywhere, blood on the walls, some weird like scripture written on the fucking walls and that. Yeah, it was a bad place. Jesus. You were there for how long? Yeah, six months. Six months? Six months. No trial. In fact, no trial. We were actually we were actually interrogated. We actually got fucking shit beaten out of us on numerous occasions to confess to crimes that we hadn't even committed. And so by the end of it, we'd confessed to like forty crimes, ranging from anywhere from like terrorism to fucking espionage, these fucking bullshit ones like 
arson or like murder or like hijacking and shit. Obviously, all just trumped up and bullshit. But they were just sat there signing the shit away. You know what I mean? So why was it got to leave? Why was it only six months? Because you got out. We escaped. You escaped. You escaped. Yeah. What do you mean? Okay, this is crazy. I didn't know this. How did you escape? Well, basically, we we driven us, me, Freezy, and three other guys. This other Swedish geezer that was there, and he was in the same sort of situation as we were, just fucked. Like, I don't know how we could get out of there, sort of thing. And uh, basically, we drove. Long story short, we drove a truck through the laundry truck through a lot of gates. We drove it through the town, and then we all split up. And me and Freezy ran to this ran to this hotel, got in contact with my mum, and she told us to go to the embassy and just wait in there for us. We were like, oh, we're just you know, just like really scared and panicking and shit. And we're like, the police are probably coming. The police are probably coming. And we ran. I can't remember. We ran literally for like seven hours trying to find this fucking embassy that was supposedly there. And we eventually found it. And we're like kicking the gates and like punching these like Royal Marines at the front gate. And we're fucking grabbing them by the fucking shoulders and shit. Like we're English. We're English. Fucking let us in. It's making me feel a bit fucking weird to talk about actually, but... Yeah, we drove a fucking we drove a truck through the prison gate. Holy shit, dude! That is fucking. Yeah, it was, that's mate, like, it's like the, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, it was, it was insane, mate. It was fucking insane. We basically planned to just fucking try and steal it, but the Swedish geezer was basically kicking the shit out of the driver, and eventually threw him out of the cab. We all just ran in. There was like a two-seater cab. There's about five of us in it. Crouched down on the footwell and shit. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, the police were pretty late to it. So they didn't even realize. No, they did realize. Like, the geezers in the towers realized and the geezers at the gates realized, but I can't remember the police like arriving or being anywhere near us, to be honest. Can't seem to remember us ever really getting chased, which is kind of weird. You know, our sort of expecting we're just going to be like hailed with fucking bullets and shit, trying to get out of fucking this horrible squalid city. But we made it. That is insane. So, like, so you really have no idea how long you would have been in there if you didn't escape? No. No, my mum didn't. My mum didn't even know where we were. They never told her? Told. No, they didn't tell her. Six months. She was doing all these petitions and shit. Used to contact the BBC and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even know we were in there. That's got to be one of the worst places in the world to get fucking locked. That we is- didn't know that. We didn't, we didn't actually know that she didn't know where we were. And then because they didn't speak any fucking English in there, we couldn't find anything out. They shout shit at us. We don't fucking know what they were saying. It's like, mate, I have no idea what you're saying. And then he just fucking hit me with this baton. I remember, he hit me on the side of the fucking knee with this baton. Screaming in pain. I was like, mate, I had, like, I would, I'll do anything you want. Like, I'll literally fucking suck your dick here and now. He's not hitting me with that fucking baton, mate. Like, what do you want? Like, yeah, it was, it was bad. So eventually, you just walk around in fucking silence, basically. You just follow everyone else. So after that point, you go back to the UK, 
the embassy yeah. like do they so they fly you back or like what happens there yeah emergency yeah like an emergency passport um, effectively we're we're basically refugees from turkey i don't know what it's called if obviously you're a citizen of the uk but we, you know it's basically a refugee scenario like we need to get out before we're like you know i don't know kidnapped or mobbed or some shit i just remember crying in the fucking embassy for like a week oh so you're there for a while yeah they were trying to work out who we were. Yeah, because you had no ID. No. Right. They knew. They obviously knew who we were, but it's a bit suspicious that these two kids have just supposedly broken out of a prison in the middle of this fucking city, which we had. But you know, it's, yeah, that yeah, that's, 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 probably, that's probably the most surreal experience of my entire life. I, you know, I would probably say. That is wild. Like, so yeah, so, like fucking groundhog there, there, bro. <laughs> I bet, man. That that is that is literally a fucking movie. Um, but but after that, there was still one more, right? So there was yeah. You because like after that, like were you probably just like shaking up? You're like fuck, like never, like never again type thing. I was like, I'm not going to Turkey again. That was my mindset. I was even angrier. You know what I mean? I wasn't. I was shaking up, but the only way I was expressing that sort of like, you know, I can't cry to my mum and shit. You know, no one could have known I was crying in there. You know, I've got to uh, remain the tough guy. And by that point, I was a pretty fucking tough kid. You know what I mean? Like, I just, just went straight back to crime. Got back home, got all these hugs and kisses and shit. I was like, whoa, what the fuck happened to you? And that, that, that even like, furthered the reputation. You know what I mean? Oh, Reason yeah. was the same. He was like, bro, that was fucking crazy. My brother's like, that was fucking crazy. It's all my dad in prison. He's like, that was fucking crazy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's like, what the fuck are you doing in Turkey? It's like, we've got a holiday. He's like, you know how to fuck things up, don't you, mate? I was like, yeah, I sure do, mate. I sure do. So do you, you fucking prick. Where were you on my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> Blows my mind that you guys, like, the carrot on the stick for that was a thousand pounds, thousand dollars. Like, I, I feel like <laughs> that's, that's so really like how fucking stupid I was, mate. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah, they make TV shows about how fucking stupid people can be and get arrested abroad. But I should have been on that TV show. Right. Right. So it's funny how that situation that you were in didn't like that kind of pushed you the other way where it was like, oh, fuck. Like, if this is like, if this is me and I feel this way, like, I'm just going to keep going. So, so you yeah. said one more instance where it was like, uh, what did you say? It was fucking robbery. Yeah, we, we robbed an armored car outside a bank. It was actually the second time we did it. We actually so, did okay. it up in Durham. So you've done it once successfully? Yeah, we did it before, yeah. Wow. So This is, this is some guys I met through my older brother, Renee. And they were a bit more serious, you know what I mean? They weren't in street gangs and shit. These guys were fucking, you know, these are the guys that do shit, you know what I mean? They carry guns. And my brother was like... <clears throat> You know, sort of along the lines, you want to make some money? Yeah, sure, I'll make some fucking money. What are we going to do? Because we're going to go rob a car. I was like, all right, it's one down there. Like, no, we're going to rob a proper car with loads of money on it. Oh, God, that's stupid. That's stupid. But yeah. Yeah, we basically robbed it with uh, a sort off shotgun, and I had a machete in my hand, and basically, we basically held this guy hostage like, just outside a bank with a fucking cash box in his hands the first time, managed to get away with it, open it, 
luckily there wasn't any smart water or dispersal on it so we pocketed quite a bit of money i only got 5k for that as well yeah that's crazy how like because like now i'm sure 5k for you is like all right that's like one client yeah yeah <laughs> looking back i'm like jesus fuck like what i was willing to risk risk was 5k like, i turned down 5k yeah exactly you know what i mean I'm like oh, god like it, it just it just like you know crime paid it really it really does not you know the risk and the paranoia and the situations you get yourself in like fuck me yeah, and i think i developed like anxiety after that it seems like it's almost better to like fucking go big or go home like where it's like if you're if you're gonna do a, a thing and make like 10 15 grand i mean like you got to do like one of those a month or two or three to like mm -hmm. to like really like mm -hmm. make it in but like i don't know i mean bro you see these fucking like heist movies all the time where it's like oh yo we're each gonna make five mil or something like that like that to me i would do i'd be on that now <laughs> i'd do that now like, that'd be so cool like you know what i mean yeah. like, fucking, like sneak under lasers or something yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> i'd kind of be tempted i'd be like if it sounds good enough like Let's fucking pencil it in for Sunday night. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like Ocean's Eleven type thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd definitely be George Clooney, I reckon. Got oh, the brains yeah. for it. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Not that little Asian guy in the vault. <laughs> anyway. So so the second time you did this, you got caught, and then, then what happened? I was, I, was, I was actually shot three times by arm response. Whoa. Yeah. I was shot through the shoulder, I was shot through the back of the leg. And I was shot in the I was shot in the chest actually. But luckily, luckily I didn't hit any arteries. Right. What, it like, do you feel it? Do you feel that when it happens or Yeah, um... yeah, yeah. Well, I felt the force. I was running away. I wasn't she was in front of me wasn't shot. I was running away. And it floored me into the pavement and fucking knocked a few teeth out and shit. Like hit me, hit me like a fucking ton of bricks. You know what I mean? Like being hit by a fucking cannon. Right. And then I woke up in a hospital and I had this fucking chain to my fucking hospital gurney with a fucking police officer standing outside. My mum was like opposite me in this chair, like crying. I was like, oh God, that wasn't a dream. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I didn't just dream that. Hi, mate. You're right. Yeah. To carry on. Poor mother, man. Um, yeah. She died recently, actually. Oh, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Nah, that's all right. Did you, uh, so like, did you ever get a chance to like show her like the other side of you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, like, I used to write to all the time. She, she always believed it wasn't like, that wasn't me. It right. was my dad and my older brother. She always believed it sort of, just, you know, it wasn't my thing. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't very successful. And I, I didn't really have the capacity to be so like, like horrendous as a person i've done some pretty like you consider maybe terrible things but like never really out of the fun of doing something more of like a survival type thing do you know what i mean oh yeah so she always she always sort of knew and she you know she grew up she grew up with fucking um parents like that and she grew up with well, you know, my older brothers and she was seeing my father my father was a fucking a terrible person still is you know, so yeah, yeah. I was, I was always, I was always very, I was always very nice to my mother. I never really had any arguments with her, anything like that. I just used to get into trouble. And it just came to the point she didn't shout at me. She was very disappointed. 
And if you knew her cry would like make me cry and shit. So right. yeah, she's pretty good at making right. me feel terrible about shit. So she had the experience and the emotional emotional intelligence to be able to tell the difference between like like an actual bad guy and a guy like you, where it's like it's more nurture instead of nature. Like you weren't born like that, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I still don't. I don't, still didn't, don't feel like I have the capacity to do any of the things I used to do. I'd really? be like, "You're joking, I'm fucking doing that." Yeah, like it's sort of, it's sort of, literally sort of like I've lived two lives. Like I don't know if I had some fucking like weird meditative shift or something in jail, but something fucking snapped at me and it just wasn't me. Do you know what I mean? My heart just wasn't in it. Right. You know, that's probably yeah. That, that happened. That obviously happened in my second sentence. No, third. Technically, the second wasn't a sentence. It was just like, you know, a shithole or something. Right. And so let's, let's talk about what happened after that. So you, you, um, you start working, you start kind of hustling and like trying to make money. And um, how did you kind of end up with an agency? Like, how did that become the thing that you picked? Well, just before that, everyone was like, you know, learn a skill, learn a high value skill. Right. And truth be told, I was like, oh, fucking hell, like, all this, all this learning and stuff. I was like, really? I was going through all these fucking courses. You know that site? Is it like Udemy or Udemy or some shit? Mm -hmm. I did a few courses on there. I couldn't find, like, copywriting always interests me, right? Like, I like writing. It's just something, you know, I like to do it. it You're a good writer. About copywriting. Yeah, it was this book by, like, I think it's like Derek Brunston or something. I don't know. Maybe it was forwarded by him. But it's just copywriting secrets. It's this big fucking purple and black book I bought it off Amazon. And it was like one of the most interesting books I'd ever read. I was like, fuck yeah, I'll start doing this shit. So I was doing it and I actually finally managed to land a client, local business. It was just it was this guy who was trying to find who was trying to find a sales team. And I was trying to write a recruitment, basically a recruitment email for him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, I was like, I, did, I was like this is the this is fucking mistake number one. I was like, I was like, oh, how how much how much how much would you want to pay me for this? Oh, you know what I mean? I've been, I haven't done any negotiating, haven't done any sales. I've already asked this guy how much he wants to pay me, and I'm basically like sucking his dick at this point. I'm like, oh my god, a client! Like, I'll do anything for you. Just give me money. Yeah. And he paid me like he paid me like five hundred quid a month to write like fifteen emails for him. Holy shit! And I was like, this is shit. yeah, 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 proper slave. Proper right. like copyright, proper like copyright donkey for him. I was loving it. I got like got to like, got to like the seventh fucking email. I was like, there's no, I can't, I can't do anything else. I'm like stealing shit online. I'm like messaging people on Reddit and stuff. Like, oh, have you got any fucking good examples of coffee? And I had no idea what I was doing. And I fucking looked up, um, oh, what's it called? What is what's that site called again? Where it has loads of um examples of coffee. Oh, slide sheet. Swipe, yeah, swipe file. Yeah. So I, I managed to do these fucking hastily, sh shitely written fucking ads for him. And then just stopped communicating with him for the month. Completely just like fucked off the content. Didn't even tell him why. I still got all these emails from him. I might put them on Twitter, actually. It's quite funny. Like really, really passive aggressive emails as to why I don't fucking work from anymore. So I was like, I got a bit disillusioned. I was like, fuck that. I'm going to get someone else to do it. And then... I'm gonna get someone else to do it, and then I'm gonna pocket some of the money. And then I'm gonna give them some, um, give them some of the money. Oh, that is a really fucking good idea. What are they called? Oh, it's called an agency. And it turns out loads of fucking people do this. 
And I was just like, oh, fucking, you know, great. I can stop reselling phones now and I can make, I can, someone else can make my own, make my fucking money. So I was doing that for a while on Fiverr and some of these guys are fucking terrible. You know, like real shit. I'd like get it like an hour before I have to do it. Like give it to this, just prep it for this guy. I look at it and I would wipe my ass at that, mate. And there's this guy messaging me from fucking Singapore, like, wipe ass, question mark. But yes, I'm going to wipe my fucking ass with it. You know what I mean? Like, the fuck is that? What have you just given me? <laughs> and so that was, you know what I mean? Yeah, dude, trust me. I have fired so many, so many people on the creative team. Like, I'm lucky now that I have a solid team that people know what the fuck they're doing. But like, you get so many losers that think they know how to write or they think they know how to design. And you got to tell them like, yo, this is garbage. So I know, trust yeah. me. Yeah, straight up. And they've, they've like got this. Like, I remember one guy had edited a suit on himself on one of the Fiverr ads. And I was like, I should have just seen that. He edited like an employer Armani fucking suit on himself. Like, why have I hired this guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's funny as fuck. Guy's fucking editing fucking. And then he's like, like my Instagram page. And it's like pictures of his mum and shit. Like, oh, no. <laughs> like no please no anyway so it, I, I'd, say, I'd say the main thing like the, like the biggest struggle was actually finding a decent team and I was pretty good at bringing people together and like helping them work together I was lucky I was lucky enough to speak to one of my friends and like I had no idea he was doing this he was also running an agency and he was making such sick money at the time he was making like 8k a month I was like that's fucking like how tell me how and he's like, I was like, I'll put you in contact with some people. I was like, fucking please, you know, hands and knees. I'm tired of these edited suit Indonesian guys. Are, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're fucking me in the ass, basically. <laughs> and he helped me out. I had to spend a lot more money. I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to spend this much money. He goes, mate, if you want the quality, he was like, make sure your quality shit up before you actually start approaching these like, you know, high-paying clients. Because if you're telling these guys to fuck off, they're going to tell you to fuck off. When you start handing in this shit, these examples you've been showing me. And I was like, you know, you really think they're that bad? He's like, yeah, fucking terrible, mate. So yeah, he basically, he, he fucking helped me out for like three months. And then obviously in between, in between that period, I was joining up all these sorts of groups and fucking like, this is before Casper Syndicate, right? Mm. I was joining all these fucking groups. It's the same shit. Like your group, like I'd say Casper Syndicate's good because it's like there's a framework's there. And then the questions can be asked afterwards. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like you give the framework, and if you follow the framework, then all, if you don't follow the framework, you won't ask any fucking stupid questions. Because clearly, you haven't like you know been paying attention to any of the videos, lectures, or advice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's good. It's like it's like a course, and then it's like talk about the course, and then like branch off a bit and meet new people. Like I've met tons of people on Cashflow Syndicate. Like I'm I'm trying to get to work with me. Right. But yeah. yeah no, like, you definitely got some star players in there. Like there's. There's guys like you and, and guys like uh, like Pearson Hunter. Like, there's some solid, solid dudes in there. Al is another great one. Like, I think there's probably like 20 or 25 people that are like actually crushing it. And so, like, it's honestly a great place to learn because you're like learning from people that have like that are kind of on the same pace as you. So yeah, yeah. Is, I'm I'm just, I'm just a bit of a slow burner because I, I I sort of threw myself in the deep end and I'm like slowly slogging through it. I'm finally seeing the light in the tunnel, right? Like making some good money and I finally like I'm understanding what I'm doing but before that I'm glad I just stuck at it for how long I stuck at it like 
insane, like insane work rate and insane frustrations dealing with these fucking assholes. Yeah. So I still, I still get over like how quickly I would have been able to do this had I had the right people around me. A quarter of the time, probably. Do you think that um, you've taken anything from, you know, stuff you've learned in your earlier years and taken it into business? Like anything about like power plays or negotiations or like persuasion or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I'm, I'm, I'm a very direct person. I'm just going to say how it is, right? And I don't really like to give people second chances because if I tell them to work the hardest the first time and they don't pull their weight, then what's, what's the fucking point of giving them a second chance? Like I was able to, I was able to cut the fat, and I was, I was basically I'm able to work through the bullshit. I can now just sense it a mile off. I can tell when people are the real deal and when they're not the real deal. Whether it be they say what they are and they're not that. Like for example, I can I can sand people out well. Now I know exactly who's going to do what for me, and I know who's going to deliver on their promises. So the amount of fly-by-night dreams I've, I've worked with, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do this together. And, you know, they don't reply and shit and everything falls through. Just waste everyone's time and money. Negotiations, like, I don't know, I'm a pretty confident speaker. I never, obviously there's like tactics I need to employ to like, you know, get a better sales, like return on investment and things. But genuinely, I don't know, genuine, genuinely, I'm, I'm just, I'm quite good with people. I'm quite good at making people feel at ease. Like straight up, sometimes I've just said I'm, I've just, you know, I've been, I've, been, I've sworn down the phone and shit. I still managed to get clients. You know what I mean? Right. Like I said I'll just be genuine with them. I've never had any formal sales training. I haven't really learned anything about sales, other than what like I've experienced myself. So like I said, it's been like pushing a heavy rock up the hill, but the rock's really fucking up there. Right. So it's mostly just people skills that you've kind of taken. Because it's like real life situations where it's like, yeah. like you, don't, you don't need sales training when you've kind of had to fend for yourself like your entire life. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't like, the other thing, I used, to, I used to like intimidating people, but I don't like intimidating people now. I like making people feel comfortable. You know, you can get more out of people when they're comfortable with you as opposed to fucking scared of you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah, it just, sort of, it just sort of just come naturally, do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to fucking... You know, be that be the guy that's fucking shouting at people and telling them they're a piece of shit. Like I have done, I have done back in the day. But now it's like, you know, you just fired. Don't send me that shit. You're fired. I'm dealing with people on the phone. Like, I've, had, I've had conversations with people that are like two hours long, and only 50 minutes of it has been talking about what I'm fucking selling. You know, they're asking me questions. They're building this rapport, and then they're like, oh, you know, how much was it? Bang, sale. Like I don't, you know, I need I need a framework. That's one thing you need to work. On. I need a framework, but. Mostly, it's just sort of ad-libbing the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, like, you don't need, like, yeah, you don't need formal sales training. You already know what you're doing. I think the only thing is, like, enough reps so you can figure out how to take that sales call from, yeah. like, two hours to, like, 30 minutes. Because, like, yeah. yeah. But in terms of building rapport, all that stuff, like, that's natural. Like, some people have it, some people don't. Like, dude, I've talked to some people where, like, they are formally trained in sales and they are robots and it's impossible to talk to them. I'll never buy anything from them. Yeah. I, I just hate, I just hate, I just hate robotic processes. You know, I understand it with things that need to be like fully rationalized. You know what I mean? Like think some certain things do need process. I need to follow that process strictly and things will work out. But you know, I prefer to be like slightly bit more fluid, you know, do my, like, you know, do my own thing. What's worked for me is, you know, it's going to continue to work for me. 
and if it stops, then I'll change it up. But you know, I don't, I don't want to stick to some robotic fucking sales script. You know, hi, objection. No, stay on the call. <laughs> why do I, why stay on the call? Because this new offer's just come in. Yeah, like, oh, it sounds really good. And the guys laughing on the phone, just friends. Like, this is just a fucking asshole. You know, trying to trying to sell me some fucking email campaign. You know, it sounds like he's in his mum's house. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, like, like fucking Grant Cardone fucking bullshit down the phone. Like, mate, that just makes me want to hang up. Makes me feel sick. <laughs> hey, what's happening? It's like, no, 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 I'm hanging up. <laughs> but Grace, you haven't even heard the offer. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'll happily keep you on the phone, but I'm just going to be wasting your time and your boss is going to be pissed because you've been sat talking to me for five fucking hours. Exactly. Dude, the funniest so thing. Up, like, what's an email? We've been talking about it for five hours. Oh, oh, were we? Anyway, carry on. <laughs> I was just gonna say the the funniest um, the funniest thing you said to me was like, um, you sent me a voice note when I was in in Charleston, and um, you were like, dude, like I feel like I feel like I'm doing fucking nothing right now because like I have all these clients and like I have a team that's taking care of the work for me, and like I have nothing to do all day. And I was like, congrats, man! Like you have figured out how to actually run an agency instead of just being like a fucking glorified freelancer with like a couple of assistants like the the fact that you've been able to figure out that like it's actually obviously better to leverage your own or someone else's time to leverage your own like you kind of figure that out early where like i i told you like it took me a year and a half to figure out how to make that work because i didn't have a team until like march of this year um, and everything else I was just kind of doing by myself. I had a couple freelance designers cause I can't design, but like you, um, thought, yeah, you cracked the code. I thought it was like a scam. I'm, like, I'm scamming people. Like, I'm saying, all I'm saying is me and my team and then just fucking sitting on my sofa, spooning cocoa pops into my fucking dumb mouth. <laughs> like, I'm just making money. You know what I mean? I'm like, I was like, is anything going smoothly in the fucking meeting? Who were like, yeah. I'm like, all right then. Okay. See you later guys. Good job. Let's go to bed. Like, Obviously, I put fucking work in this stuff. Like, I want to grow it and like do much better. But for the initial periods of when it was like all going smoothly and didn't really know what to do with myself, was when I sent you that voice note. Yeah, I was like, oh, I suppose, suppose I'll, I don't know, should I take ice skating lessons? You know, should I fucking go walk the dog? You know what I mean? Should I? Like, like, I was completely unprepared. I had no plans to know what I was going to do once I was financially free. I, was like, I want to be financially free. I want to go do all this shit. Now it came. I was like, "Fuck! What am I actually gonna fucking do?" Yeah, I've got a good plan now, but didn't at the didn't. I fucking didn't at the time. I did not at the time. But yeah, I, it's like the best feeling in the world. I finally realised. I was like, "Oh, like this money's this money's come." I haven't really done much. I've had a few meetings. I used to, I used to do too many meetings. I was like, "Oh, what's up, guys?" And I'm like, still working. I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> keep it up." Like, <laughs> that's basically how the meetings used to go before I had like much of a fucking Scooby. Yeah. But yeah, like I, that's the best feeling in the world. Like m most people should try and strive for a feeling where they can just wake up and see shitload of money deposited into their account. And like, you know, you could sit on your ass for two weeks and do fuck all. I mean, you could, it's a good feeling, but you know, you don't really want to do that. Yeah, you get bored. In general, being paid while you fall asleep is fucking great. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, like there's, there's always something to do, but I mean, like that's the best thing is like you have the choice where it's like you can either like you can work today and you can get a couple more clients and do a fuck ton of outreach or you can just like 
keep doing what you've been doing just like take a day off or do some shit that you want to do like that's that's the great thing about entrepreneurship where it's not like it's not like you don't work it's that you have the choice to not work and like the the whole idea of choice is like that's what freedom is so you can or you can't it's up to you but that's you know yeah you crack the code you figured it out um so dude last question here because i know yeah. we're gonna some time. um how like what are your do you have like any long-term goals like whether it's like with family or with business like wh- where do you see yourself like in the next few years like who will you be uh I'm, well i'm gonna move up to switzerland soon and basically i just want i just want to live on the lake sort of thing i want to have i want to have a decent business but i want more of a peaceful life like you know i like going to the club and doing whatever and acting like a complete fucking idiot you know which is obviously fucking fun but i need to i basically just need to explore more of the world you know try different things and meet new people and things not like some fucking yeah let's go drink fucking tequila on the fucking beach and shit not none of that but you know what i mean like i've missed so many years of my life i'm just trying to not catch up but you know see what's actually out there so i don't really know what i like unless i've done a lot of shit you know what I mean? And I've given myself the freedom to go and do a lot of shit. That was the first aim. You know, the, the, broke, the straw that broke the donkey's back. Right. Totally. So now, now I can, I've, I mean, my, my long-term goals, I mean, I've only, you know, I've only been out for like four years and my, 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 my long-term goal, I thought it was going to take, take me until I was like 40 years old to become financially free and then I go on Twitter and all these fucking guys like you and fucking David and Hassan and shit. I'm fucking running around doing whatever the fuck you want. And he's fucking 22 and shit. I'm like, what? I didn't even know it's fucking possible. I was like, like, who's picking you stuff in? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but it's, you know what I mean? It's like my goals. It's, it's just completely. It's completely switched. And my five-year plan was accomplished in like three. And now I haven't really been thinking about much. I've just sort of been enjoying the freedom. Yeah, so man. If I was going to be completely honest. I haven't got these specific goals. So yeah. Yeah, man. Well, that, like I said, that's the you can do whatever the fuck you want. You're, you're free, bro. What about, uh, what about your kid? He's sick. He's at his mum's house at the minute. Like he probably a month at mine, a month at his. Um, I don't actually put him in school anymore. He learns online and shit. He's got a ton of friends where I live. He's got a ton of friends where his mum lives. And when he turns 16, he's basically going to make, He's just going to make the choice of what he wants to do with his life. If he wants to go to fucking university, he can go if he wants. A lot of people seem to enjoy it. If he doesn't, then no. If he wants to be a fucking fighter pilot, then yeah. You know, it's, it's up to him. He's a pretty independent kid. I look after him. Send his mum money. Send him money all the time. Sees me all the time. You know, it's just... Yeah, he's fucking... He's doing great. You're very close in age, which I find interesting. You're 11 years apart or 12 years apart um it's jarring mate it's jarring for a lot of people i have friends that are like 12 13 years older than me and they're like homies like that that must be that must be an interesting dynamic like do you guys kind of talk like buddies or is it really like a father-son dynamic that you have it's not that movie big daddy you ever see big daddy with adam sandler yeah yeah kind of like that it's kind of like i'm getting to know him so much as well like obviously i spend a lot of time with him things but He's great. He's like he's like an adolescent, and I missed out a lot of him growing up, like as a young kid. So yeah, it's it's just it's fucking it's fucking weird. Like, I keep him on the straight and narrow. Don't get me wrong. We don't just sit there and play fucking Xbox all day. You know what I mean? We don't sit there and play Fortnite and shit like that. Like I'm I'm 
I'm now into like making fun of him. I'm like, oh, when are you going to get laid and shit like that? He's like, oh, you got a girlfriend and shit. You got to kiss a girl before. He's like, oh, fucking shut up, mate. Like, ooh, <laughs> sorry, guy. That sort of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, yeah, he's, he's a cool guy, but you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like a father to him. I don't, I don't want to get to that point where it's just like, oh yeah, my, my, you know, my dad does whatever the fuck he wants. Whenever I go around his house, he does, what, I do whatever I want. It's not the case. Right. I was like, you're going to bed at 10. Like, I don't give a fuck. You're going to bed at 10. Like, yeah, but you're staying out. I don't give a fuck. It's my house. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to bed. You've got to be up early. But so have you. It's like, yeah, I can do it. You can't. Go on, get up to bed. He fucking hates it, mate. Look. <laughs> it, it, it's it's got to be a hard rabbit, you know? That's so funny, bro. Dude, thank you so much for, for coming on here and sharing all this stuff. Um, like, genuinely, I, I think this is probably my favorite podcast that we've done. Um, so different from what I'm doing, but but yeah, man, you are a, a very very intelligent guy. You're fucking funny as shit, and um, and you have some crazy stories. And I, I can't wait for people to pay a little bit more attention to what you're doing on on Twitter, like with the threads that you're doing, and just some of the tidbits that you have, because like there's so much value in there for people who have never ever seen anything like that. Um, so yeah, man, you're a, you're fucking one of a yeah. kind. Cheers, bro. Cheers, bro. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, mate. Second podcast ever. Second. Oh, you done one already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got, mate, I got asked to a really big one with like a true crime podcast, but I said no because the guy turned out to be like a in a sex charge fucking ring or something. So I was like, oh, thank God I missed that. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Sean Atwood, his name is bold prick. <laughs> right now, thank you for coming oh, on. I'll see you there. No worries. Flew my bitch out from Thailand, she do the most. My niggas hot like some cayenne, sitting in your throat. They spend a quarter million in a private, just for the show. Shawty gon' call a nigga your highness, cause we fuck on the low. And I get about 12 for a key. 